Users in Control, a fresh perspective on accessibility. Episode 8. Rodent of Choice, Selecting a Head Tracking Device. By Walter Fromer. Okay, you have established that you need point-and-click computer access. You have sensibly decided on a Mac with keystrokes on screen keyboard. So, what next? Exactly, you need something to move the cursor. Some heavily challenged people can operate a conventional mouse, joystick or trackball, but you, like me, can't. We need a head tracking device. Before you make a decision to purchase a particular head tracking device, listen in to learn my experience. IR, infrared, optical head tracking devices track a reflecting dot, the target, stuck on the user's glasses or forehead. Basically cameras. They are susceptible to bright lighting conditions that diminish the contrast between the target and its surroundings. High contrast targets and use of the IR spectrum reduce these problems, as well as sensor design and signal processing algorithms. Mouse clicks are performed with a switch or by dwell clicking. A software feature like that found in keystrokes whereby the user keeps the cursor steady in the position to be clicked. I have had the opportunity to test the three most popular devices currently on the market and compare them to my legacy head mouse for portables. The head mouse for portables, developed by Origin Instruments, was quite expensive, costing $1695, so when RJ Cooper brought the smart nav www.rjcooper.com to the Mac, I immediately got interested. The device being significantly cheaper at $299 for the EG model. The SmartNav is a small USB power device that sits on top of the computer screen like a tiny friendly alien staring at you. Cool. The signal processing and mouse emulation software installed well and was very intuitive. Targets were slightly stiffer and thicker than the origin targets, but attached to my glasses nicely. A little tweaking of the settings, and I was mousing away quite happily. Then the sun appeared from behind the clouds, my room filled with light and the cursor went berserk. I switched back to the head mouse and continued to work without problems. I kept trying the smart nav for a couple of days, but the results were uniform. Though the smart nav worked, the head mouse let me work in conditions where the smart nav would not. Another difference is that the head mouse does signal processing and mouse emulation in its hardware, whereas with the smart nav, all that is burdened on the CPU, consuming about 20% of cycles on a 1 GHz Apple PowerBook. Though cheaper, I wouldn't recommend the smart nav to anyone who could scrape together the money necessary to buy a head mouse. Enter Origin Instruments Head Mouse Extreme, www.origininstruments.com, which replaces the old head mouse for portables. At $995, it costs 45% less than the previous model, and like the SmartNav, it is a small all-in-one device powered via USB. But unlike the SmartNav, the signal processing and mouse emulation is performed in its hardware. I instantly liked the Head Mouse Extreme. Whatever the head mouse for portables does well, the head mouse extreme does a little better. For instance, there is a position in my room where, due to a window in the back, 
I must be careful not to turn my head out of the sensor's field of view, otherwise the head mouse will lose sight of the target, lock onto a reflection in the window, and not reacquire the target unless it's shaken or the sensor is obscured. In the same position, the head mouse extreme will reacquire the lost target smoothly. Next up was the Madentech Tracker Pro, www.madentech.com. Roughly the size and shape of a golf ball and costing $995, the USB-powered Tracker Pro attached nicely to the dual lock tape on my PowerBook slid. The mount was not entirely wobble-free, but the cursor was very steady, indeed a little too steady for my taste. The price to pay for this steadiness is a small hardwire delay before head movement translates to cursor movement. Personally, I prefer the head mouse extreme's instant response. I tried to verify Madentech's claims to superior outdoor performance and was not disappointed. Where my old head mouse for portables only works if the sun is at right angles to my line of vision and doesn't shine directly on the sensor or target. The Tracker Pro worked regardless of whether the sun shone on the sensor, target or both. I have not been able to directly compare Tracker Pro and Head Mouse Extreme as I had them at different times. Other individuals have had the opportunity, and the difference seems to be small, if any. So what is the bottom line? If you are on a budget and able to produce an invariable, not too brightly lit environment, the Smart Nav is well worth a try. The Tracker Pro's cursor delay does not appeal to me, as I was constantly overshooting my target, though if you think you might profit by an extra steady cursor, give it a try. But if you are serious about head tracking, get a head mouse extreme. A more detailed version of this article was published in the June-July 2005 issue of Closing the Gap. Sidebar. Bright days ahead, pushing the envelope in target size. Do you notice something about my battered Ray-Ban sunglasses? Yes, they are cool, but apart from that? That's right, the reflecting target. It is about four times the size of a normal dot and has boosted my outdoor head-mousing experience a lot. Using an IR head-tracking device in the open is tricky, and will be regardless of target size. Screen washout and general glare issues add to the problem. If you want to write a novel, go inside. But I rely on my PowerBook for speaking, so whether I am able to say something or not decides whether I can be with others in the sun. I love the extra opportunities the monster-sized targets give me. Try them for yourself. You may also try clustering together four to six regular-sized targets. Although I haven't attempted this, I would love to hear from other head mouse users who have. End of sidebar. Without the ability to communicate, you cease to exist socially. Communication is the central thing. Whether for work or play, my Mac gives me a voice. To see how, please check out episode 7 of the video podcast, Exploring the Frontiers of Assistive Technology. About this podcast. Editor-in-Chief, Joe Barnick. Layout and Design, Joe Barnick. Publisher. David Niemeyer, Assistive Wear. Web, www.atpodcast.com. Email, editor at assistiveware.com. 
This PDF and audio podcast is created by Mac users with physical, speech, or vision impairments. Featuring their experiences, it seeks to inform, inspire, and provide a platform for new ideas. Twice a year, some of the articles appear in a PDF of the AssistiveWare newsletter, found at www.assistiveware.com newsletter.php. A video podcast titled, Exploring the Frontiers of Assistive Technology, that features some of the contributors is also available. The audio version of this podcast was created on Mac OS X with Ghost Reader and the Infovox iVox voices of the Acapella Group under a special license permitting professional use of the voices. Copyright. The copyright of this article remains with the author of the article. Reproduction in whole or in part without written permission is strictly prohibited. Disclaimer, the opinions expressed in this article are the entire responsibility of the author and the information in this podcast in no way serves as an endorsement or guarantee by assistiveware. Registered Trademark